Hello and welcome to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you're doing well. Uh, it's good uh, that you, to see you, good to interact with you today. Uh, coming up uh, this week on Tuesday, March 2nd, is the birthday of Melinda and little Samuel. Happy birthday, Melinda. We appreciate you so much and your leadership in our student ministry, all the youth activities, everything that has going on, being so faithful throughout this unusual past year. And uh, boy, I can remember uh, Samuel uh, uh, seeing him uh, at the church facility, out at the field, uh, the way that he uh, would run and then stop and look um, <laughs> and catch my eye. Uh, boy, I hope that uh, Monica and Femi, you are having a great week. Uh, so, we are very glad to be uh, finalizing the logistics on a new source of pre-sorted grocery boxes for our distribution in Last year, we were able to give away more than 7,100 boxes of groceries, each one designed for one family uh, between uh, April and November. Uh, there was a disruption in the supply chain, and so we have been working on that. What we did over the course of time is actually develop network with more than a dozen um, nonprofits and churches that were directly distributing the food that we were bringing into Baltimore and giving away. And so we're getting close to resuming that. I'm curious if you would be available to help with that if we shift that from Friday to Saturday. So please let me know um, if you're interested in being a part of that. One of the ways that you get communication about that is through our weekly email church newsletter. If you're not already getting that, you're going to see information about that in the comments or information on this video. Please make sure that you're getting that. Uh, make sure that you check uh, where it's coming from so that you don't miss one. There's one happening every week and we try to funnel all our communication through that. <clears throat> I know that there are plenty of us that don't use social media and so this is a very convenient way for you to stay up to date on what's going on. Um, and we are continuing to prepare for um, return to in-person activities whenever it is uh, safe. And so we are starting some projects at the building as well. Um, if you would like to make um, a financial donation to the church, uh, please feel free to do so. Our website, cityharborchurch.com slash give, will give you some video instruction about how to set that up, how to make it as easy as possible. We have text to giving. Um, we have a number of different ways of going about that. Also on Android or Apple, you can download the Church Center app. Once you got the Church Center app downloaded, you can search for us, City Harbor Church, put in the location Baltimore, and manage all your giving that way as well. It's very, very easy. We want to make sure that you are aware of that. Um, also, we have just posted new update information uh, regarding our um, interaction with the, the coronavirus, our approach to it, and our thought process um, about activities. And all of those updates are always staying on the same page on the church website, which you're going to see the link here uh, in this video. And <clears throat> coming up, we are going to have a town hall type uh, panel discussion, meaning with an opportunity for you to ask questions, to get answers, uh, but also for you to give input. And that's going to be in one of our upcoming Thursday nights. Every week on Thursday night, 7 p.m., it is the 
number one way, the easiest way for us to interact with each other live. We're doing that on Zoom. If you're not already doing it, I know that there can be a number of reasons that it's difficult. I would ask you, please consider making it a priority. Let's interact together. Let's see each other. Let's hear from each other. We're discussing uh, what we're reading in the Bible that week, what we're learning about following Jesus. We're praying for each other. We're praying for other issues. Sometimes we just have uh, a fun time to hang out and, and discussion. And there are different people that are uh, getting involved with uh, facilitating that and leading that. So please uh, make sure that you are making that a priority as well. Um, and we do hope that you will uh, participate, uh, get information. Uh, I think it's going to be really meaningful to you. As we're wrapping up uh, Black History Month, I just wanted to mention, you know, not long ago we had a guest speaker, um, Stephen Wesley, who mentioned a book, uh, Conversations with God, an out-of-print book that is a collection of two centuries of prayers by African Americans that I've really been enjoying. I was glad that he mentioned it. Um, it it's kind of uh, fun, like treasure hunting, to find a out-of-print book um, that is exciting. And I really like the way this is orga uh, organized. Um, and um, I honestly I didn't have anything like it um, already in my collection. So <clears throat> that may be something that uh, you're going to check out. I want to transition into our time of message first, and then we're going to have a time of worship uh, with some uh, opportunity for prayer and interaction. Uh, I know that those of you that have been participating with us on Thursday nights are aware that we have been experiencing somewhat of a, a spiritual awakening as a church family and increased awareness of the presence of God and, and hearing the voice of God. And that's something that Rebecca and I and our prayers for all of you really sense that God was speaking to us about for 2021. And that was the reason that this week we put out a couple pages worth of Bible study about how God speaks. Um, because I think that it's important for us to truly come away with the guidance and the peace that comes from hearing the voice of God and having clarity about it. Um, and it's something that we can grow in. It's something that we as a church family are growing in. And so I, I'm thankful for Chris and Abby. They're going to lead us in a time of worship uh, with some prayer after the message today. Uh, you know, they are expecting uh, their firstborn uh, a son on the week of Easter, and yet they've been faithfully serving the church. Uh, they're both Baltimore City Public High School teachers, and uh, just so thankful for them. Let's turn to our time uh, in the message. Uh, allow me uh, to pray for us as we do that. God, I thank you that you are alive today. You're aware of what's going on in our world. You're already at work. You're active, and you're speaking to us. So today, help us to hear your voice Help us, each of us personally, to truly hear your voice, that it would be real to us, that it would be uh, relevant, that we'd be able to apply it, that it would be life-giving and encouraging. I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Today, February 28th, is part three in our series, What's Next? We're talking about, for us as a church family, what's next? What is coming forward? What should we be focused on? What are we going to be doing? Why are we going to be doing that? How are we going to be doing that? And uh, the reason that we're talking about this is because I believe God wants us to truly be a spiritual family. And that in that, every individual is going to be 
celebrated, but we're focused on God more than anything else. And we're going to share some vision and values. And let me explain what I mean by that. I believe what's really important for peace, for joy in life is to be asking the question, who is God? What do I believe about God? What is God saying? What is God doing? Uh, what do we believe about what we find from pursuing answers to those questions? And in that, there's going to be faith, there's going to be doubt. And neither of those things should be an enemy or something that's intimidating to you in your life. It should be life-giving. It should be encouraging. It should help you have spiritual strength where you didn't have it before. It's a growth process. It's something that we walk through together. More focused on God than anything else. Who is God what do I believe about God? What is God saying? What is God doing? Now, from that pursuit, we should be developing values. This is what we believe God values in this world, in this life. And therefore, this is what I value. This is how it starts to become real in what I believe and how I live um, as a result of it. So we we have these beliefs um, that are a foundation for values that then are a foundation for actions. And before we start to really talk about next step actions as a church family, I want to revisit the, these values, these beliefs about God that we get from scripture that we don't make up on our own. Now, that'd be foolish. Um, we hear from God what God is saying, what God values, and then from there we build our lives on it. And that helps us to come together. Now, this is part three. So if you haven't listened to part one or part two, whether you're using the podcast or YouTube, Facebook, however you're consuming this, uh, or the church website where you can also find the notes, um, I hope, please, please, that you would catch part one and part two, because what we're going to talk about today and next week are only possible when we're building on part one and part two. So today, part three, we're going to um, look at the creation story. We're going to look at Genesis one because um, it is relevant to what we see in this bullet point list. Now, for those of you who are not aware of it, as long as I can remember in the 10-year history of our church, we have put a slide up every week that helps us to be looking forward. We see a church is how we have phrased it. And let me just uh, read those to us together to kind of help us frame our talk today. We see a church loving Jesus in a way that people talk about. We see a church where people find salvation and healing in Jesus. We've talked about those first two the last couple of weeks. We see a church helping people find careers and peaceful homes. We see a church where everyone can find a place they fit. We see a church serving the city with love that works. Now, a number of these might seem simple and obvious to you today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about one of the ones that's not so much that I think could be a little bit unique about us as a church family. Please, don't stop this video. Hang in there with me. I think everyone who's listening to this is going to find something relevant, something inspiring uh, in today's message. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on... We see a church helping people find careers. Now, that verbiage may not be all that helpful. We probably can improve it. We might do that. Uh, so hang in there with me. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, and let's take a look at a little bit what we believe about God and God's relationship with humanity. 
Because here's, here's what I just want to say to get started. God gives life with loving design. I think we see that in the creation story. God gives value, identity, purpose, and pleasure to each person. Your journey and your relationship with God is going to include a discovery of the value that God has on your life. The value that God sees in your life. No matter the difficulty, no matter the weakness, the, 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 the cracks in the foundation, the, the difficulty, the mistakes that you've made, God has value in your life. And that should shape your sense of identity, of who you are. Which would then also affect how you see purpose. The purpose for your life. Why do you live? And also the pleasure, being able to enjoy life. Now, I actually think that from our relationship with God, we discover value, identity, purpose, and pleasure in our personal vocation. We're going to talk about that word vocation in just a minute, but let's go to the scripture. Genesis chapter 1, picking up in verse 26 in the creation story. Then God said, God's having a conversation within the Trinity, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. He's speaking a blessing over them with these words. Be fruitful and multiply, he says to Adam and Eve. Fill the earth and govern it, steward it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. I could make a joke about salad there, but I won't. Everything that has life. And that's what happened. And God looked over all that he had made, saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Picking up at the beginning of chapter 2. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Another quick thought, chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God placed the humans in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Now, I want you to notice, and those of you that are literate to this story, uh, may not always catch that what we're reading about here is before sin enters the equation, right? The enemy comes in the form of a serpent to tempt Eve and Adam to eat the one fruit, the only thing that God said, hey, don't do this, and they do it anyway, and then there are the results of it. The results of it include um, the pain of labor of childbirth and toil from labor, where labor, farming in particular that God mentions, is difficult. But notice before that, in God's blessing, God is giving vocation. He's giving purpose. And notice that God was already at work. Uh, you know, I, it's normal for us to have some really bad feelings and thoughts about this stuff. So hang in there with me because I think this spiritual perspective could really be life-giving to you today. 
Now, God is different than us in that God never gets weak or tired. And so God doesn't really need rest in the same way that our bodies need to relax from labor, from uh, things that stress us, that worry us, um, whether it be physical labor, mental labor. Um, but God didn't rest six days and do all his work on one day. He could have. He's got all the ability to. He knows all things. He knew how to go about it. And he's got all the ability, all the power to do it. But he didn't do that. And... He also doesn't tell humans to rest six days and to work one day. No, it's flipped, right? God has already worked six days and then rest the seventh day, enjoying pleasure in relationship with the humans that he had just created. He just given life, value, identity, purpose, and pleasure to humans. He's just brought them in the world on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, he rests. He enjoys that personal relationship. And that is still the pattern for us today, that there would be one day a week where we rest from our labor and enjoy relationship with God. We see that pattern set up from the beginning. But I think it's important for us to note that vocation, purpose, in function, in activities that bring fulfillment, God gives them before sin enters the equation. So he, he gave Adam and Eve, and we, we, in the verses that we already read, a sense of value on their life. They're created in the image of God, right? A sense of identity, right, in that, and then purpose and pleasure, and then this personal vocation, some function. And notice that we see it, uh, in other passages that the, the earth is originally without form before God starts to shape the land and the sea. But God all, also created the plants, the vegetables, the fruit, and animals in such a way that some stewarding, some tending to them actually promotes more healthy life. Then sin enters the equation, it affects the earth as well. And so only then more so do humans have an opportunity to bring a redemptive purpose in their stewardship of their activities. Pastor Ben, what are you talking about? I'm going to explain this a, a little bit better, uh, so hang in there with me. Vocation, and, and which is what I'm referring to really when I say helping people find careers is a part of what we value as a church and a part of our stated vision as a church. Why would we do this? What, where, when, how? We want to be working in that direction. So career, what I really am, I'm talking about is vocation. That's work with purpose that brings fulfillment. It's a God idea. God gives it to Adam and Eve. God is himself functioning in vocation. There's value. There's meaning in it. And I know that you might hate your job. And that's really not what I'm talking about. But hating your job can be a combination of a variety of different things. You might have a bad boss that's affected by a sin nature, for example. Um, the, the, the work might be difficult. Um, there might be strain that's involved with it. Uh, it. Also, your own perspective, how you view your work, can really have a, a lot to do with whether or not you hate it. Um, and your own personal values about healthy lifestyle and growth and what kind of work that you should be doing, that can really also shape where you're working and what you're doing. Um, so hang in there with me. I know that that's a reality, but we want to today give some suggestions that will help each of us have more peace, fulfillment, understanding, perspective on our current vocations 
and also some vision to be helpful for others. We want to avoid the mistake of thinking that work doesn't matter or that caring about the quality of our work has no impact on the world around us. So ever since I I was young, I've worn contact lenses because my vision is poor. And think about this. If my, I've actually had a time where I had, um, I think one of the first eye doctors I went to here in Baltimore because, you know, I'd had the same eye doctor for years back in Portland. Um, I don't know what she was doing when she did my prescription, but it did not come out well. And, um, I could kind of get along with ordering with the old contact lenses that I had for a while before I finally stopped and went and saw a new eye doctor so that I could get a better prescription. And when a person, um, doesn't really care about the quality of their work, it can have an effect on other people. I think we've all gone through this. Um, it could be somebody who works at a call center at your health insurance company. Um, it, it could be somebody who uh, worked on your house. Like, for example, you know, we have um, a deck on the back of our, our row house here um, in Baltimore in the greater Waverly area, and it's missing some hardware. Um, now, that could be from a, a lack of understanding of the person who did it, or it could just be that they didn't really care to do it all the right way. Well, that can have an effect on other people. And when we are not in a good place as it relates to our job, we don't care about the quality of our work, it can have an impact on other people. And a part of that can actually become be, uh, be because we don't have a healthy perspective that comes from what we learn from God about vocation. So let's just kind of come back. God gives life with loving design. God designed us for vocation. God designed us for the rhythm of a full work week with one day of rest. It's God that's given our lives value, gives us a sense of identity, purpose, and pleasure. But we got to develop this a little bit more or it's really not going to be helpful to you. So vocation is a sense of purposeful calling. The word vocation comes from a Latin, which means calling. So it's having a sense of purposeful calling to a particular role with activity that brings fulfillment. Now, let me explain what I am saying and what I'm not saying. We want to avoid the mistake of thinking that each person only has one calling, right? So I serve as pastor for City Harbor Church. And I am also a husband to Rebecca. And I am also a father to Charlotte and Gideon. Um, And I have a role as a neighbor in our neighborhood and a role as a citizen in Baltimore City. So we have different roles. And in each of them, there can be a sense of vocation. There can be a sense of calling. And whether a person is a a full-time parent or digging ditches or... um, or even in retirement, there can be vocation, there can be calling to activity that has purpose and that brings fulfillment. Um, and it's really important for us to understand that in the Bible, we get a sense from God of equality. One one vocation is not more valuable than another. So, um, I and you're going to have multiple vocations over the course of your period of life. So when I was a kid, my vocation included learning and being a good family member, uh, being a good son to my parents, for example. Uh, when you're a student, your vocation is learning, right? That's a, you have a calling to a season of learning. Um, and I've, I've dug ditches. 
I when I was when I was young, I got a hold of a job of, of selling um, greeting cards and stationery and, and gift wrap paper door to door, and I mowed lawns. Um, I, I cut people's grass, sometimes very poorly. Um, and I, uh, I, I was a laborer for my uncle who was a bricklayer. Um, I worked at a used tire shop. And um, I, I was changing people's tires. I was helping people in that way. And, and, and actually, the guy who owned the used tire shop, it was really a calling for him. He loved it. He really enjoyed the business. And he loved being helpful to people. And he, he set up the business so that we could repair flat tires for people free of charge. Um, and so you could have more than one calling on a given day, and you can have more than one calling over the period of your life. And different callings are not more valuable than others. And I want to make sure that we do not have an unhealthy church culture that thinks that the calling of spiritual leaders is more valuable than the calling of someone else. It's not. It's not in the eyes of God. God gives each human a life created in the image of God. And what I'm doing today is not more valuable than what I did in the past. I learned a lot from what I did in the past, and I helped other people with what I did in the past. I paid my way through college by selling carpet for the most part. Most of the time I had two jobs, occasionally three and listen, I helped people in how I sold carpet. I learned about it and it was a, a meaningful calling to me. And so we want to avoid the mistake of thinking that each person, you're only going to have one calling. A lot of people that go to college change their major, what they're studying multiple times. Most people now are changing careers multiple times. If I get too focused on one vocation, it's unhealthy. Now, some people, like my father, who has been a teacher um, in, in higher learning for over 40 years, some people have that experience, but that is very rare. And it doesn't mean that one vocation is more meaningful than the next. I really don't think that when we get to heaven, that the Apostle Paul is going to say that there, that his work as a tent maker was demeaning or less valuable. It's important for us to understand that. So the truth is we're loved by a personal God who provides us with various callings, um, and they can be different in different seasons of life. For us at City Harbor Church, we want to help people discover their own God-given value, identity, purpose, and pleasure as it relates to their vocation. This has a lot to do with what's going on in their life. Now, let me give us some quick scriptural a grid of understanding on some of these subjects. So because of what God has communicated through the Bible, we view work as one, a thank you to God. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says this. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Now this is actually directed at some of the people in the Corinthian church who were doing some Christian ministry that were bivocational. And the grammar of this, the words of this, is talking about both their Christian service and vocation and their what some people would call secular work and vocation. Do everything for the Lord. I I, I like jazz, the, the, the classic, the good stuff. John Coltrane um, in the liner notes for uh, the album A Love Supreme 
wrote this, During the year 1957, I experienced by the grace of God a spiritual awakening which has led me to a richer, fuller, more productive life. At that time, in gratitude, I humbly asked to be given the means and privilege to make others happy through music. I feel this has been granted through His grace. All praise to God. This album is a humble offering to Him, an attempt to say, Thank you, God, through our work, even as we do in our hearts and with our tongues. May He help and strengthen all people in every good endeavor. And I I think John Coltrane had a grid for the fact that any work, any project can be a thank you to God. I remember when this really occurred to me. Um, I was doing some work in the theater world and I had a boss I did not like at all. And at the same time, I was learning a lot more about God. And I was reading this old book, um, Your Work Matters to God. And the um, it occurred to me while I was, I happened to be the last person in the theater that I could do what I was doing then as a thank you to God. That could be why, that could be my reason for putting all my passion into it. It was not a Christian play by any means, uh, but I could do my absolute best as a thank you to God. Uh, this week I read um, a great book, uh, a new uh, book, a uh, newer book than the one I just mentioned, Every Good Endeavor by Timothy Keller. And he gets the title from that quote from John Coltrane. This is a really good Christian perspective on vocation with a whole lot more um, related topics uh, than we're able to cover in today's uh, message. Now, so work can be a thank you to God. It can also be an act of service. This is clearly one of the things that Jesus felt strongly about. From our reading this week, Mark chapter 9, verse 35, Jesus sat down, called the disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Mark Mark 10, 43 through 45, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the son of man referring to himself, Jesus says, Even I came not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus lived out and taught a message that then his followers lived out, thought up, wrote about, shared their life with others. And that is living your life as a service to others. And so our vocation, our sense of calling in everything that we do, Uh, No matter the role, no matter the journey, whether you're getting paid for it or not, it can be done as an act of service. Number three, we also believe that work can be an act of love. Check this out from Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Work willingly at whatever you do, whatever you do, as, excuse me, as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. So we believe that work can be done as a thank you, as an act of service, and as an act of love in whatever the role is. So for us, for City Harbor Church, we are aiming to help people discover purpose and fulfillment in their career, in a vocation, in something that they do something that they get paid for, or maybe something that they don't get paid for, a sense of calling and fulfillment. 
Second, we will work to help people uh, find the best fit for a career and develop for a future career. So both Rebecca and I have worked in um, four companies where we were responsible for hiring and firing and for training people. And both Rebecca and I have had a number of jobs and we actually have experience in and a passion for helping people not be underemployed. Um, you might... Um, when I was a laborer uh, for my uncle who was a bricklayer, I was not ready to be a teacher. I was not ready to be a coach. I was not ready to do other things. And that was a good fit for me. Then as I grew personally, I was ready for new work. Sometimes we get stuck in a place where maybe we shouldn't be. And so for us as a church, what we want to do is we want to help people make sure that for the season of life they're in, for their giftings, uh, a good match with their strengths and weaknesses, uh, that they are in a, a vocation that is a good fit for them, where they can sense like, yeah, I'm good at this. I can do this. And sure, it's not perfect and there's difficulties, but I know how to work through them. I can overcome them and I can find a greater sense of fulfillment. So this comes through messages like today, where hopefully what we're trying to do is help people understand a little bit better, a good um, perspective on how to think about their current vocation, uh, but also maybe bring some in inspiration for a vocation and a calling that is in the future. And we want to be helpful to that. Now, so far, of all the vision points that we're going to talk about, this is the one that we've done maybe the most quietly, mostly on a one-on-one -on -one coaching basis, uh, Rebecca and I and some others in the church. But it is something that I want you to know is a part of the vision of our church. I love what Center for Urban Families here in Baltimore City does uh, with with Baltimore City Native African Americans that are underemployed and helping them, <clears throat> many of them transition from work in the drug trade and work on the street to um, starting their own business and entrepreneurship and other things. And before we even moved here, God put the vision in my heart for our church that we would also be a place for vocational coaching and help. And I know that even within the conversations with our Celebrate Recovery, Celebrate Recovery Inside Ministries, one of the things that we want to do is help people learn trades, help people um, help people get jobs with employers uh, as it relates to maybe having a criminal record, but also maybe the maybe the best thing for them to do is to start their own business, uh, um, learn a trade. Um, and that is a part of the vision of this church because we believe it's a value we derive from something that God is already doing, something that God is already saying, something that God cares about. And, and it, it helps people find a place of fulfillment. I know. That Baltimore City, um, the, the year that Freddie Gray died, um, Harvard finished a long-term financial study of over 100 U.S. cities. And in it, they one of the things that they studied was poverty and people that are in extreme poverty, which is extreme poverty is a definition of where it's half the income of the poverty level. And Baltimore City has a significant percentage of people that are born in extreme poverty. And even in the, the regional area for our church family, there are zip codes that have double the national average of people who live in extreme poverty. And the Harvard study proved that of 100 cities that they studied, of the people who were born in extreme poverty, Baltimore had the lowest number of those people that made it out of extreme poverty. I want you to know that for us as a church family, we value people. 
because God values people. We want to help people. We want to help people. And not everybody needs to make 50,000, 100,000, pick your number. It's not about the, the dollar number. It's about fulfillment, peace, joy, pleasure, identity, and value, and, 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 and <clears throat> giving to the community. Um, Christians for centuries have believed that God gives vocation to all people, whether they are a Jesus follower or not, and that the vocation of all people is a way in which we receive the common grace of God. Rebecca and I, we like pit beef sandwiches. And the person who is laboring to do that and um, it is a part of God's common grace to me. The labor of every person benefits the whole community. God said to the people that were going into captivity to pray for the peace of their city and to work for the peace of the city and the prosperity of the city. And that was a city where they were in captivity because of their sins. God says that praying for, working for the peace of our city, the prosperity of our city matters. How can we do that? How can we do that best? Listen, everybody in this church family has learned something about vocation, whether it's the the, the extreme importance of being a full-time parent or a caregiver, a caregiver to someone who is aging, a caregiver to someone with certain special developmental challenges. Whatever the vocation is, you have learned something and you can help someone else learn about that vocation or calling or maybe even learn something about the vocation and calling that they're called to. Rebecca and I have learned a lot about how to get jobs and we have helped a lot of people get jobs that were better than they thought they could get. And this is a part of the vision of this church. We want to do this. I see in our future... Um, actual facilities, offices that are like workshops, that are coaching centers, that have computers, that have labs, that have different ones of you teaching in at different times, coaching and helping people grow in their vocation. Okay. So I'm excited about this. It's something that I do see in the future of our church. It's something that we want to do. So currently we're doing this through one-on-one coaching Every one of you can help someone else in the future. We would like to do this in a variety of ways, including vocational and entrepreneurial programming offered online and in workshop setting. This may lead to a facility designed for this person. Hey, we want to help you. And what I'd like to do is to close this message by praying for you. I would be an idiot if I wasn't aware of the fact that the past year has been really stressful for most of us as it relates to our vocation. And so for a lot of good reasons, you can be having negative emotions about this. I just want you to hear God cares about you. And whether it's time to change career, uh, whether it's time to walk away from something that just completely did not turn out well because we live in a broken world, um, whatever is going on in your life, that there's fresh vision. God cares about you. He's a personal God who cares about you. There's fresh vision for you and your life. And it includes your vocation, your various calling to different roles in your life. So would you please allow me to uh, pray for you?
God, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my church family. Lord, we have difficulty in this life. Lord, because of our own mistakes and the mistakes of others, the curse of sin, there is toil, there is labor. Work can be difficult and it can result in what seems like failure. Projects can fail. People can fail on the team that we're on at work. A lot can go wrong. But also, God, at times we hit obstacles and obstacles that we don't always know how to overcome. Lord, I ask that you would help every person listening to this message not isolate and stay alone and keep hidden in private the difficulties that they're going uh, through, but help them to reach out and get help. And God, I ask that you would help each person, Lord, just like you did for my uncle, the bricklayer, one time as he was turning his heart to you in the middle of the night, you gave him a dream for a new business opportunity that bloomed. It blossomed into something amazing that was a blessing to his family and many others. Lord, I pray that you will give people dreams like this, fresh vision, fresh sense of calling and purpose, and that you would help us as a church family know how you would want us to go about it, how you would want us to help others with it in the future. I thank you for this. I thank you that you care about us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing in this message. I know it's a big subject, lots of questions, lots of things in the real world that need some help. Reach out to us. We want to be helpful to you. Uh, let's turn now to Chris and Abby for our time of worship. Thank you, Chris and Abby, so much for your faithful service. That time of worship was Wonderful. I sense in our church a spiritual awakening that's new, that's good, that's encouraging, that's life-giving. Chris and Abby, you're an essential part of that. Thank you, everybody, for engaging with it. Uh, grace and peace to you. Have a great week.